Good morning, and welcome back. As we begin the first chapel of the year, um, we'd like to open with a reading from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together. Um, 800 people gathering together in a room to worship is something that would have been um, almost foreign to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but his words, I think, uh, will set a beautiful tone for where we're going. The physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer. Longingly, the imprisoned Apostle Paul calls his dearly beloved son in the faith, Timothy, to come to him in prison in the last days of his life. He would see him again and have him near. Paul has not forgotten the tears Timothy shed when last they parted. Remembering the congregation in Thessalonica, Paul prays, night and day, exceedingly that we might see your face. The aged John knows that his joy will not be full until he can come to his own people and speak face to face instead of writing with ink. The believer feels no shame as though he were still living too much in the flesh when he yearns for the physical presence of other Christians. Man was created a body. The Son of God appeared on earth in the body. He was raised in the body. In the sacrament, the believer receives the Lord Christ in the body and the resurrection of the dead will bring about the perfected fellow fellowship of God's spiritual, physical creatures. The believer therefore lauds the Creator, the Redeemer, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the bodily presence of a brother. The prisoner, the sick person, the Christian in exile sees in the companionship of a fellow Christian a physical sign of the gracious presence of the triune God. Visitor and visited in loneliness recognize in each other the Christ who is present in the body. They receive and meet each other as one meets the Lord in reverence, humility, and joy. They receive each other's benedictions as the benediction of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if there is so much blessing and joy even in a single encounter of brother with brother, how inexhaustible are the riches that open up for those who by God's will are privileged to live in the daily fellowship with other Christians. It is true, of course, that what is an unspeakable gift of God for the lonely individual is easily disregarded and trodden underfoot by those who have the gift every day. It's easily forgotten that the fellowship of Christian brethren is a gift of grace, a gift of the kingdom of God that any day may be taken from us, that the time that still separates us from utter loneliness may be brief indeed. Therefore, let him who until now has had the privilege of living a common Christian life with other Christians praise God's grace from the bottom of his heart. Let him thank God on his knees and declare, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brethren. Grace, nothing but grace, that we're allowed to live in community with one another. Amen? Uh, wanted to do a slightly different thing in chapel this morning, and that's give you a, a vision and an overview of chapel um, for especially this coming fall semester. Um, we had a lot of fun last night. Um, it was amazing to see the energy in here, uh, the joy, the excitement. Um, and now we get to talk about what happens this morning and what happens Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings throughout the semester and throughout the year. Why do we do this? Why do we gather together our entire Covenant College community? We come together because corporate worship is a beautiful and gracious act that God has given us. 
Corporate worship on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning is a taste of heaven where we participate in activities that we will participate in heaven. We sing together. We encounter Jesus face to face in the preaching of scripture. We feast with him at his table and look forward to the wedding supper of the lamb. And chapel is not church. It's not meant to replace church. But it is a time of worship that shares some of the same elements of Sunday morning. And I believe in ways is also an earthly taste of the eternal. Hear that, as we come together, things that we do here now are literal tastes of how we will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. We come together as brothers and sisters from all corners of the world. We sing together. We proclaim God's praise and glory. We affirm our faith. We hear God's word preached. And in that, we encounter the risen Jesus together as his children and as brothers and sisters. Chapel is an integral part of the Covenant College education. We say that it's mandatory attendance because it's required. But I think that language, that notion, would have absolutely confused Dietrich Bonhoeffer. How could Christians not want to gather together for worship? How could Christians have an opportunity to come together seven, 800, 900 st strong and not want to sing praise to the God who gives us life and grace and mercy? Worshiping together creates a depth and an intimacy that you simply can't replicate by any other means. Now, it's not our intention. We don't want to, and we know that we can't legislate morality. We can't legislate worship. But if you talk to upperclassmen and you talk to graduates, you will hear stories and testimony after testimony of the powerful impact of chapel in our lives as a community and lives as individuals. Because what we do in chapel is worship, we worship a holy, triune, present God. The living God is in our midst right now. Because we worship him, we ask that you are respectful and humble before the Lord and respectful to those around you and to the speakers we have had and not use any electronic devices during chapel. I know how it's become second nature for so many of us to check our iPhones, to check our iPads, to constantly be checking our email and our texts, but our desire is that for this 35 minutes to be undistracted. So I'd ask you, if you have it out now, would you please put away your iPhone, put away your iPad, any tablet, um, and not bring them out for this 35 minutes for the rest of the year. Um, it's a gift both to those around you and also to yourself. I was talking to the freshman the other day about this being the most formative time in your lives. These four years in college, the, the habits, the dif disciplines that you form now will impact the habits and the disciplines that you carry into the rest of your lives. If you learn to worship without distraction now, it's a beautiful gift and discipline to be able to carry into life. If you use your phone as your Bible, I would ask you to go old school and just bring a hard copy, bring paper. Um, it feels better anyway. Um, if, uh, oh yeah, and, and something you, you would like to know. Um, we've had speakers here over the last, I've only been here three years, 
Um, but over the last three years, we've had speakers from literally around the world come. And almost without exception, they talk about the uniqueness of speaking at Covenant College, about the respect, the engagement of our students, how they actually listen and watch and are engaged with their eyes and with their hearts. It's something that speakers have said they don't find in every place that they go. And even more importantly, and this is really the bottom line, if this is worship, and if we believe that God is present, why would we want to be otherwise engaged? Why would we choose this when we have the living God in our midst? Now, while chapel attendance is mandatory, we're mindful of the realities of being students. Sometimes you'll need to sleep in. Sometimes you'll need to study. Sometimes you'll need to go to the doctor. There are a number of different reasons that you simply won't be able to make chapel. So every student is allowed to miss 10 chapels per semester. You can use them whenever you like, and you can use them for whatever purposes you like. 10 chapels per semester are written into the policy, so you can miss 10. We also know that it's possible that one or two of you may miss one or two chapels over your allotted 10. For anyone that happens to go above and beyond that 10, uh, we have a chapel summary system where you last listen to a chapel online that you missed and you write and submit a summary. The one and only Leah Jones. <laughs> will keep track of and read every single chapel summary that is submitted over the course of this year. Be kind, decrease her workload. If you need to submit summaries, um, here's how it works. If you happen to go over that allotted 10, the first five will be 250 word summaries that are required. Between six and 10 chapels over your allotted 10, it jumps to 500 required words. If you go over 10, over your allotted 10, it becomes 1,000 words. Uh, we implemented that year, and as you can imagine, it significantly reduced the number of chapel summaries that Leah had to read last year. Um, if you do need to leave chapel for any reason during chapel, if you get sick, if you're not feeling well, if um, whatever reason it might be, please talk to Leah, talk to one of the chapel workers, and just let them know so they can write your name down so you're not counted as being absent. Uh, as we experienced this morning, one of the key pieces of chapel is our music worship. Um, another comment of guests that come is that Covenant College sings, and we do sing. We worship well. Uh, this year, we have seven worship leaders to lead us in corporate singing. Uh, Julian Amarelli, Chap yeah. Chapman Witted, Sarah Lyons, Luke Harvey, Gracie Woodrow, Mike Conkle, and Nabil Ince. It's an amazing blessing to have such gifted people on campus. If you would like to be involved, you'd like to play, like to be, be up here in a band, please let one of them know or come to our office and let us know and we'll work on, on incorporating you into uh, chapel worship. Uh, each of them will bring a different style and a different approach to music and worship, but there will be a single goal and that single goal is to lead us all as a body in worshiping Jesus. Now it's inevitable, you will end up resonating with certain styles and certain musicians more than others, but I pray that we can be humble as a community, that we can appreciate music and songs which may be a bit different 
than that which we're used to. Now, an overview of, oh no, I want to tell you this too. Uh, this is kind of new. This year we're going to do a special thing uh, with our worship leaders. They're also going to be involved um, in some, some different pieces. Uh, we're going to be doing monthly evening worship the third Wednesday of every month starting in September. So that'll be here in the chapel and we'll make flyers and let you know. But the third Wednesday of every month, we're gonna have a time of evening worship that's gonna be led um, by the chapel worship leaders and that's gonna happen throughout the year. Uh, we're also gonna be reaching out to Browwood Assisted Living um, down the road and have our worship leaders and anybody who might be interested go down and sing in worship with the community there. Uh, they will also be working on putting together a chapel CD, so you may see odd recording equipment in different places throughout the year. So that's a, a good picture uh, so far. I wanted to give you an overview of the fall semester so you can know what to look forward to and what to expect. Um, it's very easy for the, the rhythm of the semester to just get going and you come into chapel one day and there's a conference that you knew nothing about. So I want to give you an overview now of what this semester in particular is going to look like. Um, I'm going to be in chapel Monday, Wednesday, and Friday speaking next week. Um, going to do uh, three uh, sermons on the anatomy of sin, the anatomy of grace, and the anatomy of freedom. Uh, the following week, we'll have Dr. Halverson in chapel, um, joined by two local pastors, Reverend uh, Jesse Perschel and Reverend Joe Novenson. Uh, the rest of the semester, uh, we have a really broad um, but, but beautiful uh, chapel uh, program. We will have two conferences. The Francis Schaeffer Conference on True Spirituality is in September. Uh, the speaker this year is going to be Andrew Fellows, who's the head trustee of the Labrie Fellowship in Cambridge, England. And our musical guest who will come in on, I think it's Tuesday, is the Grey Havens. So if you don't know the Grey Havens, Check them out online. They're, they're really fantastic, and, and they're excited to come and be with us and minister uh, to us. A uh, little bit later in the semester, we're going to have Global Gospel Advancement Week uh, featuring Pastor Chris Granberry. Chris, yeah. Chris is a, uh, a church planter and a pastor on the Yakima Indian Reservation in Yakima, Washington. Um, the conversation that we have that's ongoing about race and ethnicity uh, on campus um, is encouraging um, and it's something we want to uh, constantly continue um, engaging in, but he's going to bring a conversation that's a little bit different. Um, he's going to bring a conversation about uh, those same issues in the context of American Indians and Native Americans. Uh, so very excited to have him and I think his kids are not, um, not, not excited either. Uh, we will have four faculty lectures through the fall semester. Uh, Professor Alyssa Weichbrot will be in chapel. <laughs> Professor Jeff Dryden. Professor Becky Pennington, who was awesome yesterday. And Dr. Dr. Hans Madueme. <laughs> Our annual Reformation Day lectures uh, in late October will feature Dr. Suzanne McDonald who's a professor of historical and systematic theology at Western Seminary. We will continue the tradition of our fall hymn sing, led by Dr. Scott Finch. Um, and then we'll have a number of men and women from around the country and around the world, including our own John Wiley, to challenge and exhort and encourage us with the gospel. Um, I'd also like to take just a quick moment to mention chapel lunches. Um, chapel lunches are really a special opportunity afforded to students. 
A number of our speakers who are invited, they come, they speak in chapel, but then they end up staying and having lunch with around 20 to 22 students. Uh, Leah will send an email, usually a week before, announcing the lunches. They are first come, first serve. Guys, we have some amazing speakers in chapel. Um, the lunches end up being equally special and sometimes even more so. To get to engage and talk to our speakers in an intimate context like that is something um, that's really uh, pretty fantastic. So keep your eyes out and freshmen, see if you can beat the seniors to the punch because they've gotten good at it. Uh, finally, a word about what I desire for you in chapel. It is my prayer that for 35 minutes, three days a week, you will be able to come into this room, seven, 800 of your community, and encounter Jesus. Sometimes you'll know that it's happening, other times maybe not. And I don't just mean for those of you who are excited and can't wait for chapel. I'm talking about every single one of us, despite our excitement, despite our desire to be here, I pray that Jesus, by and through the Holy Spirit, will be doing a slow, powerful work in each and every one of us. I pray that all of us, our entire community, will be transformed by our times together in chapel, that we might at the end of the year just be a little bit more like Jesus, that we might love him a little bit more, that we might want to know him a little bit more, spend time with him, follow him, die to self for him, and love him. Last night, John asked me um, what it's like to oversee the chapel program, and I gave an answer that was silly and was a joke. But the honest truth, what it's like to oversee the chapel program, I love it. It is joyful and exciting and daunting and humbling because I have the blessing and the privilege of bringing God's word to you, being used by God to hopefully draw you closer to Jesus, while at the same time knowing, without any false humility, humility at all, I'm not sufficient to do this job. But God is sufficient. And I praise God that he works through weakness and through broken vessels. I have the best job in the world, and it's because of you guys. So thank you. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, Father, thank you for this year. Thank you for this college. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us by your will and by your plan to be here. Thank you that you have knit us together into this community. I thank you, Lord, for the excitement for this coming year. I pray, Father, that you will continue to bless us, that you'll guide us, that you'll give us wisdom. Lord, by your spirit, Make us able to draw close to you. Help us, Lord, to encourage, to love, and to draw one another closer to you. By your spirit, bless us. Give us grace and peace, we pray, in the powerful, the mighty, and the glorious name of Jesus. Amen.